right, glad you're with us. Thanks, Scott Shannon. 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of this extravaganza. One irony as we begin the show today, uh, at a Syracuse WSYR TV News. So you know they've got this contesting of the November election results and Democrats saying it's beyond the pale, questioning the results, an audit of the results. That is tantamount to an act of murder. Or attempted murder. I mean, crazy stuff is coming out by a lot of people these days, and it just is what it is. Um, it's the environment that we now live in. It's not healthy. Don't like it. Wish it was better, but there is uh, that. It just, for example, I keep bringing up every night and every day. If we're gonna, if the new insurrection standard, inciting insurrection standard, is what the Democrats claim that Donald Trump said about fight, fight, fight. Well, we have a lot of tape of a lot of Democrats saying fight, fight, fight. What does Congress do about this? We fight. Uh, We keep fighting. We're going to keep fighting and fighting and fighting for this. That doesn't mean we don't fight. I think we have to fight harder than ever. We know this is going to be a hard fight. It's going to be a competitive fight. We should dream big, fight hard and take back our country. This is a fight of our lives. Stand up and fight for the best of who we are. And I'm prepared to fight and I know how to fight. But I'm ready for that fight. Increasing numbers of people are ready for that fight. Stand up and fight for democracy. I will fight every day until he is impeached. There's only two ways to win a fight. You can win a fight through submission or through exhaustion. We can't just imagine a better future. We've got to fight for it. We continue to fight for a progressive agenda in in our future. That's what... Uh, we're fighting against uh, when we fight Republicans in Congress who don't want to pass uh, legislation now. This is time for every single one of us to get up and fight for our country. This new uh, uh, freshman class in Congress has got to come in and really set the agenda and fight, fight, fight. Fight, fight, fight. We've talked a lot about the double standard as it relates to, oh, let's see, Joe Biden beat the hell out of the president's language and Kamala Harris. They're not going to stop. We won't stop. They shouldn't stop. You take note. You beware. Pretty, pretty insurrectionist, inciting type language, Uh, especially in light of the moment when she said it after the precinct in Minneapolis was burned to the ground and the rioting had been going on in that city. And then, of course, raising money for the people that are arrested for being involved in the, quote, insurrection there. Everybody's favorite word in Washington and in the mob and the media. And we see a lot of this going on. So like everybody's, you know, you you can't question election results. An audit is uh, the, the most horrible thing ever, although Democrats have done it. I think we might be one of the few that ever told you that, including in 2000, including in 2016. Yeah, Democrats did it, including some senators, including House members. Um, you got a race in New York, for example. It was a very close race. This is Claudia Tunney's district. I believe it's the 22nd district. They had a lot of problems in New York this year. I think 22nd, 24th congressional districts. It's just unbelievable. And uh, so anyway, they're supposed to have a clear victory over the incumbent. It was certified on Monday. And instead, a Democrat state Supreme Court judge ruled that Tenney had to wait at least another week while the court ponders the possibility the Democrat might be able to conjure up election fraud evidence sometime in the distant future at this late date. Well, I thought I, I, well, we've just been listening to all these Democrats criticizing anybody that wants an audit. 
Uh, well, I guess, you know, we're going to be hearing from all these Democrats, right? Don't hold your breath. Anyway, so the uh, state Supreme Court Justice Scott Del Conte is his name, now delaying the results yet again and overseeing the what is now the final undecided congressional race in the country, making the decision to prolong the race after the, another last-minute challenge from the Democrat and the Democratic Party. And only 122 votes in this case separate the two candidates. And uh, Monday's hearing was supposed to be the last in court. All eight counties that comprise the district was supposed to certify their results by the end of the day. Tuesday, yesterday, send it for one final certification to the state board of elections. And in come the Democrats and their legal teams at noon filing a motion asking the judge to order yet another temporary halt to the certification. First arguing there has been a small but potentially impactful discrepancy between votes tabulated by voting machines. You can't make this up. And votes counted by hand. In a written motion, the said voting machines had missed nine votes of the 1,127 ballots reviewed in one county in upstate New York. York. That discrepancy appeared to impact the Democrat more than the Republican. Well, if that error rate of 0.8% is extrapolated to all the votes cast in the entire county, they're now arguing 800 votes might have been missed. So here we go. What is this? It's February. The election was in November. Yeah, that election, November 3rd. Any Democrats talking about the fact that their fellow Democrats are still challenging the election results? You know, the latest other example... Um, Linda, did you ever, do we ever have a Marjorie Taylor Greene on the program? I don't recall. I don't think so. We have not. anything about her. What's up? We have not. We've not. Okay. So this has now been the, the big driving force of the Democrats, the media mob, and about, and now leading to what is, I guess, led up today, the House to vote on this issue of removing her from her committee assignments. Now, we've done a little research into this, and we've not been able to find another example when the full House ever voted to remove a congressman or woman from a committee. Individual parties have done it in the past, but not the full House that that we've been able to find. We're still looking, but we looked hard and we didn't find any. And anyway, so it's 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 pretty interesting to watch all of this start to unfold. Now, put aside Marjorie Taylor Greene, because I never heard of her, to be very honest, until just recently and only recently looking into what this brouhaha is about. Um, And I'm not going to defend some of her positions. She wants to defend and that's her business. But once the majority, if this is, if I'm right, and this is the only time this has ever happened when the full House is voting to remove a congressman or woman from a committee, well, then you go down that road, then Republicans then can now apply that standard, just like the insurrection standard should be applied to Joe and Kamala and Maxine Waters are going to take Trump out tonight and Chucky Schumer threatening Gorsuch and Kavanaugh on the steps of the Supreme Court and a whole lot of other uh, Democrats in between. Then it would make sense that, okay, Republicans get a majority, let's say in 2022, that they could remove, let's see, oh, I have a few names, maybe Congresswoman Nomar. 
or Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez even, or Congresswoman Maxine Waters, or, you know, maybe we'll go back. I mean, and then you want to, so look, it's it's all a matter of what Republicans want to do here. Now, the difference between Democrats, they'll always, they'll always circle the wagons. They always will. Now, as I've looked into who this new Congresswoman is, um, I saw the videotape of her, her following a, a survivor of one of the school shootings. It, will look, it looked like a mall and apparently calling this kid a coward. I don't approve of that. And I don't know any serious conservatives that supports these QAnon theories or the idea claiming that there was no evidence of a plane crashed into the Pentagon you know, one having to do with a laser starting uh, wildfires. I mean, I mean, no serious conservative would ever give any of this stuff a second thought ever. She doesn't speak for any conservative or she's a Republican. I'm a I'm a registered conservative um, that I know of. Uh, I don't know people that believe that. Look, to me, conservatism is simple. You got to keep some things in life simple. And conservatism is what? What do we want? We want less government in our lives. Limited government. We want the lowest taxes possible. We want uh, to end the burdensome bureaucracy that is a stranglehold on business. We want secure borders. We want energy independence. We want those high-paying career jobs in the energy sector. We want, we want constitutional justices. People want and deserve cities and, and towns that are safe and secure. We believe in law and we believe in order. We believe that if it, our public schools are failing our kids at a spectacular level, our kids deserve better. We want safe schools and we want good schools. It's pretty simple. We want free and fair trade deals and we want peace through strength. So I just look at a lot of the people and I'm like, OK, if they're going to apply the standard to the whole Republican Party. I don't, I don't know of anyone that has supported some of her views, but the end of the day, it's up to the people in, for example, uh, Congresswoman Omar's district or Maxine Waters district or Tlaib's district or Ocasio-Cortez's district. If they want to keep these congressmen, women, whoever they happen to be in in their in the party and in their district, they're going to be the ones that make the ultimate decision on this. Um, you know, don't forget, you have to leave impeach the MFR and. I'm going to take Trump out tonight, Maxine Waters. You know, so I'm just looking at the conspiracy theories because that's the, the whole rap on Marjorie Taylor Greene. OK, um, one of the big differences I noticed right away is I'm like, well, I barely heard of her and I pay attention to this every day. She's not setting the agenda for the Republican Party. She's not. She's new member. Gotta, you got to work your way up the ranks. But I, any of the ideas that I've read are not supported by anybody that I know is a conservative, a lot of them. And I'm just like, OK, I just told you what I stand for as a conservative. I don't know why somebody is involved in all these conspiracy theories, but I see other conspiracy theories and other horrible things said and believed. You know, uh, for example, if you look at squad members, Congresswoman Omar you know, don't forget that, you know, far too long we've lived with the discomfort of being second class citizens. Remember this? 
And she said care was founded after 9-11 because they recognized that some people did something. That sounds like a conspiracy theory. Remember the Newsweek reporting on the anti-Semitic tweets about Michael Bloomberg, you know, expressing his support and his run for the president. I wonder why. And, you know, them believing, apparently believe she's implying that, you know, some support for Bloomberg is because he was Jewish. She was accused of anti-Semitism for that. In February of, what, 2019, I guess, responding to a tweet from Glenn Greenwald posted by Kevin McCarthy threatening to punish Omar and other congresswomen of being critical of, of Israel. It's all about the Benjamins, baby. Remember that one? The whole Democratic platform today is pretty much based on the squad's agenda. It is there. I mean, I've always said Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez is the real speaker of the House. The whole agenda Biden, the Democrats are now adopting is based on this whole new Green Deal madness, as she outlined. And then, of course, the Bernie Sanders Biden Bolshevik manifesto. Ocasio-Cortez saying the world will end in 12 years. If climate change is not addressed, that is generational is that millennials and people and, you know, Gen Z and all these folks that come after us are looking up and we're like, the world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. And your biggest issue is your your biggest issue is how are we going to pay for it? Listen, no conservative I know is going to believe that a laser beam run by nefarious entities um, somehow uh, uh, started the wildfire in California. That's crazy stuff. Uh, Nobody intelligent person is going to say or claim there's no evidence that a plane crashed into the Pentagon. We lost a good friend of this program that day. Uh, Barbara Olson, for those of you that go back with us a long time. And all of that, all of that happened. And, you know, the, I think the thing I didn't like the most about what they said about this Republican Congress, well, why is if a kid survives a, high, a, a school shooting, leave the kid alone. Why would you be following this kid? He's a child. Leave children alone. It's unbelievable to me. But with all that said, if this, again, it's sort of like with this whole, okay, incitement to insurrection. If we're going to say that's the language, then you got to apply it to everybody. And that means all of the crazy people in the Democratic Party, one big difference, whoever this new freshman congresswoman is, um, she's different from the Democrats in the squad because They're actually running the entire Democratic Party and setting the entire agenda for the entire party. Big difference. 800-941-SEAN as we continue. All right, 25 to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. I'm just going over some of these these comments and conspiracy theories of the left. I mean, it really is crazy stuff. Casio-Cortez, the world will end in 12 years if climate change is not addressed. Where's the new Green Deal originate? That's Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez. That's the, the Bernie Biden manifesto um, engaged. Remember remember she told the Daily Iowan, Iowa, Nebraska, broad swaths of the Midwest are drowning right now underwater. 
farms and towns will never be recovered and never come back. We'll never see these people again. Or the New Yorker editor asking about whether they should abolish ICE. The answer is yes. Wow. And then would you get rid of the of the homelands, all of the homeland security uh, department in this country? Yes, I think so. I think so. Um, like, OK, then you have, uh, let's see, Congresswoman Presley. There needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. That was published in the Boston Herald this past summer. Mm-hmm. Another squad member, Tlaib. Uh, well, she got in a big controversy over what was clearly a virulent anti-Semitic tweet. New York Post reported on that one. Um, and that was the the phrase, for example, from the river to the st- sea, Palestine will be free. Yeah, that phrase is an old PLO slogan calling for Israel's elimination river to the sea that means the entire country and groups like hamas have adopted it oh just a little little side note there and and other comments you know i just mean uh i mean just of it was the name trying to create a safe haven for jews post the holocaust post the tragedy persecution of jews across the country at the time and there's always been a calming feeling i tell folks when i think of the holocaust and the tragedy and in fact, it was my ancestors, Palestinians who lost their lands and lives. It's been having an ongoing battle on that issue. Another squad member. Um, and there's been plenty of them. You know, Congresswoman Omar's comments. We've gone over those in great detail and so much more. You know, you look at, well, what is the squad and the Bernie Sanders Biden manifesto? $15 minimum wage. It's right out of the Green New Deal. 12 weeks of paid family medical leave. Uh, let's see. And then, of course, now being written into executive order after executive order. A lot of these things, especially three new executive orders on the issue of immigration yesterday, while nobody was paying attention. Right to work, ending private prisons. Um no travel bans. It never was a Muslim travel ban. No, that was not what it was, although the media said it was. That wasn't it. Opposing the border wall. It's Medicare for all. The whole agenda is this radical left agenda. The Green New Deal. All of it is led by the squad. So I don't even know who this obscure member is. I just, if we're going to have one standard, you got to apply it equally to every member. Now, I did, by the way, I was able to finish my research in this more recent break. And uh, let's see here. Uh, Very simply, in the entire history of the Congress, 20 members have been expelled, 15 from the Senate, 5 from the House. Now, they're talking about committee removal here. Of 17 of these, 20 expelled for supporting the Confederate rebellion. So now you're in the Civil War. One member's, and that was 1861-62, one member's expulsion of Senator uh, was then reversed. Uh, censure is the more popular form of disciplinary action. Just to give you some sense of history here. Um, so, you know, we'll just, we'll just wait. You got, let's see, Swalwell still remains on the Intel committee. Omar sits on foreign affairs. Uh, huh. This is, this is, you know, this, 
bottom line is we don't apply anything equally anymore. There's one standard for Republicans, conservatives, and another standard for Democrats. You know, it's, it's pretty amazing. I'll give you another example. So all this talk about what we need to do, we told you about John Kerry's private jet. John Kerry actually, you know, left a big carbon footprint as he received the Arctic Circle Award for his climate leadership. He took his private jet to receive the award. But he's more important than we are. How do we know? Because he tells us. Listen. On that issue, pollution, I understand that you came here with a private jet. Uh, Is that an environmental way to travel? If you offset your carbon, it's the only choice for somebody like me who is traveling the world to win this battle. Uh, I negotiated the Paris Accords uh, for the United States. I've been involved in this fight for years. I negotiated with President Xi to bring President Xi to the table so we could get Paris. And uh, I believe the time it takes me to get somewhere. I can't sail across the ocean. I have to fly to meet with people and get things done. But what I'm doing almost full time is working to win the battle of climate change. And in the end, uh, if I offset and contribute my life to do this, uh, I'm not going to be put on the defensive. Oh, uh, it's the only choice. No, it's not the only choice you have. You have another choice that would be fly commercially with planes that are going to be going there anyway, like other people do. Uh, And this offset nonsense. Well, I've had 15 affairs. Let me offset it with a what? A diamond ring or offset it with a new set of golf clubs. No, that's a bunch. That's a crock as well. We learned that in the Al Gore years. The only choice I have to win the battle. The Paris Accords, you know, the one where we're the idiot country that pays all of the money. And we look at countries like China and India as developing nations. And they pay a tiny, tiny fraction of what we end up paying. I'm not buying it. But his work is way more important than any anyone else's work. I'm out there, I'm winning, trying to win the battle. Okay, sure. Whatever you say, John. Takes his private jet to to get his climate change award. Now, that's rich. Unreal. That's the hypocrisy we live under today. That is the double standard America. We don't have an equal justice system. We don't have equal justice under the law. We don't have equal application of our laws. You know, if you challenge election results in the New York 22nd District, even today, yeah, that's okay. But if if, if somebody has an audit, well, that's unforgivable. It's cause of insurrection. If somebody, a conservative today, ever said, I want to take Joe Biden behind the gym and beat the hell out of him, what do you think would happen to that conservative? And frankly, I would agree with it. You can't threaten a president of the United States. So it's unacceptable to me. I don't care what their political affiliation. You know, the police precinct burns down in Minneapolis. They're not going to stop. They're going to stop before the election. They're not going to stop after the election. And they shouldn't stop. Beware. Take note. They're not going to stop. They shouldn't stop. We're not going to stop. In the middle of rioting, you know, there's calming the waters. That's, that's not insurrectionist. Threatening Supreme Court justices on the, on the steps of the U.S. Supreme Court. You won't know what hit you. Sounds pretty threatening. Sounds insurrectiony to me. Everybody's favorite word. Um, 
And it's, it's, it's issue after issue, the times we live in, and it's nauseating. And Republicans, they just, they don't play by the same rules. They, you know, they're trying, I assume, to have some standards. But at the end of the day, it's going to be the, the congressman or congresswoman's, it's the people in their district that will decide if they go there. That's who's going to decide. And frankly, I think that's the right call. I think that's the right choice. I think that's who should. By the way, 1969, the House did strip Adam Clayton Powell. Who found this? I think Jeffrey Lord found it. Thank you, Jeffrey. It was chairmanship and then expelled him, and he won both the special election to replace himself, 86% of the vote, and won his case against expulsion in the U.S. Supreme Court. That's a pretty powerful case. Why did I not remember that? I didn't know that in the past. I had a Joe Biden moment. It's amazing. You know, I've been saying he's weak, frail, and cognitively struggling. I'm just getting a kick out of people's reaction. Um, All right. Mr. Unity Joe Biden is okay with using reconciliation as a means of moving forward with his $1.9 trillion coronavirus rescue plan. And so much for the 10 Republicans that we're meeting with them in the Oval Office, and they had made a proposal of some $600 billion. Not enough, so they're going to they're gonna bypass that, just like Chuck is trying to, you know, just like Biden is moving forward with his commission to study packing the courts. And just like uh, we know Schumer wants to get rid of the legislative filibuster. You have two Democrats say they're against it, but I guess they could always bring Mitt Romney over. He seems to support everything the Democrats do and say. Biden signed three more executive orders, setting record after record after record. The very thing that he himself described as dictatorial, he's now doing. I need the votes. Whatever happened to that? Guess you don't need the votes, Joe. Or you're not going to bother, you know, recognizing even this other branch of government. Co-equal branches. Interesting concept if you pay attention to it. Signed three executive orders yesterday to reverse immigration policies of Donald Trump including clearing the path for citizenship for 11 million illegal immigrants in the country. Oh, okay, and ending a zero-tolerance policy prosecuting illegal border crossings. Okay, there you go, Joe. All of which we told you would happen. Look, you know, there's a lot of criticism emerging about the amount of money in this relief plan. There was a New York Post editorial today uh, as it relates to the $1.9 trillion in new spending, it's it's a lot of it we're now finding out as we dig down deep into it is uh, a lot of the same old Democratic spending, uh, rewarding their their supporters, supporter states. Anyway, much of it, uh, by the way, much of the $2.9 trillion from last spring's act is yet to be spent, to say nothing of the $900 billion more that Congress okayed barely a month ago. Plus, on Monday, the CBO projected, oh, let's see, uh, robust 4.6% growth this year uh, with the nation hitting its pre-pandemic economic level, what were they said, without any new spending. And I think that is uh, overly optimistic. We'll see. I want Americans to get back to work. That would be good. Manchin has said he's not going to vote for a COVID bill on party line vote. He said he opposes $15 minimum wage, and he thinks states and local governments, number one uh, 
uh, num- local government number way uh, is much better. Sorry, this headline is a mess here. I'm reading it from a headline. Anyway, Warren says the pandem- pandemic response should include free child care, pre-K, and paid leave. So they're just going to try to begin the process of implementing the entire Green New Deal in the Bernie Biden manifesto. That's what they're going to go with. And I'll tell you what, it's America last every step of the way. I mean, we had to, it was only our voices that stopped the vaccinations of Gitmo prisoners. Maybe we ought to vaccinate the American people first. Maybe we ought not be sending vaccinations that we have or vaccines abroad until every American that wants to get vaccinated will get vaccinated. You know, I'm going to get the vaccination. Half my friends think I'm nuts because they say I'll do it. Other half say that, they agree with me, but passions run high on it. I can't believe so many people are so passionate about it. There's a couple of stories I read that go, oh, no, hope I don't have that reaction. But most, I think most people have had little to no problems from what I can see. Um, anyway, so, oh, uh, I see Jen Psaki's in a little bit of trouble. trouble. She'll circle back with us on that, I'm sure, uh, that have showed up in recent years and... Uh, you know, one attacking, let's see, Lindsey Graham. Um, I wonder if the media will hold her accountable. I didn't see the briefing today. Then like, wow, Space Force. What did that mean? As we roll along, man, oh, man, these are crazy times we live in. Uh, we're going to check in with Ken Starr, served as a United States Circuit judge and 39th Solicitor General, U.S., Uh, also known for the investigation into the impeachment of Bill Clinton. We'll get his take on this post-impeachment unconstitutional exercise they'll be going through. It's going to be interesting. I I can actually see an upside in really, really letting the Democrats have all of the insanity they want because it's it's already predetermined outcome. Let them bring in witnesses. Let them harp on this. Let them do it morning, noon, and night. Um, I'm all for it. We'll bring in our witnesses next. All right, Hour 2, Sean Hannity Show. Thank you for being with us. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza? All right, so we've been telling you about this latest impeachment shift show, Predetermined Outcome. And yes, it's going on anyway, no matter what, um, because that's pretty much the unity that Joe Biden was calling for, I guess. Uh Every constitutional expert lawyer that I have discussed the issue with all say the same thing. Some, I guess, disagree, but most say the same thing, uh, the ones I talk to, and that is that it's unconstitutional. You know, impeachment is for the purpose for removal from office. Well, that office is no longer held by President Donald J. Trump. So there is no purpose for the thing to begin with. It also raises the jurisdictional issues uh, Does Congress, does the Senate, does the House have jurisdiction? And, of course, the whole process of impeachment, why the Senate would ever validate what the House did with their snap impeachment with no witnesses, no defense whatsoever, uh, is beyond comprehension and a very dangerous precedent. Uh, Then you can add to all of this the double standard of how we're defining insurrection with the words of Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, Let's see, Maxine Waters and many others. 
Ken Starr, lawyer. He served as the U.S. Circuit Court Judge, 39th Solicitor General of the U.S. Of course, led up the the Clinton administration investigation. Uh, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Sean. Thanks so much. Uh, let's talk about your take on this. Let's start with the constitutional aspect, which should be the main um, argument and is the main argument uh, put out by the president's new attorney, David Schoen. Yes, uh, I have not had a chance to review today's filing, but I know what it uh, contains. And I completely agree with those who say it is unconstitutional. It's manifestly unconstitutional. And I believe, Sean, it's dangerously unconstitutional. And three very quick reasons. One, the text of the Constitution is, to me, absolutely crystal clear. And I think everybody now knows it. Impeachment is about removal from office. Then there's a comma in the text. And then and possible disqualification. Okay, so the tail doesn't wag the dog. It is all about removal. Point two. That's the text. The second is our history. In contrast to the rather obscure example of Secretary of War from the 19th century, Mr. Nel, Kel, Nel, I mean, I'll, Bill Knapp, I'll get it out. In contrast to that, we have the resignation example of Richard Nixon, and then most relevantly, the House of Representatives just stops, complete stop of the impeachment proceeding then underway. The third is back to the text. If it is, in fact, the President of the United States who is being tried, it's not, then the Chief Justice shall preside. And we now know the Chief Justice is not going to preside. It's just another indication that this is an extra-constitutional, I think it's unconstitutional, proceeding. Okay. I mean, there's a lot to, I mean, there's a lot in what you just said there. Let's go back a step even prior to that, and that is... The, the snap impeachment, as your friend Jonathan Turley says, um, I, I think that precedent alone is extraordinarily dangerous that we're just going to rush through an impeachment. Then we'll hold on to the articles like we did the last time, even though we rushed through it. No witnesses, no word from the defense, no defense even with an opportunity to discuss or review any any evidence. No witnesses brought forward. Is that how to do it? Is of course not how to do it. It is what happened was a violation of fundamental fairness to the president, now the former president. It also ties into the lack of authority of the Senate because uh, wrongly, but nonetheless, during his presidency, Donald Trump was then impeached. So, okay, you can disagree. I certainly do with the methodology, but there's no question. He's in the White House. He's holding the office that the Constitution and the oath gave him the right to do. But then the House, as we all know, sat on this article of impeachment. And as I see it, they allowed the jurisdiction of the Senate to expire, because by the time there was no justification for the time that the article was walked over. You know, there's no National Guards people standing in the way, right, to prevent the House managers from walking over to the Senate. You've made that walk. I've made that walk. Every, a lot of citizens, it's easy to do. It takes approximately two minutes to make that walk, and they allowed the time to expire, that is, for Donald J. Trump to leave the presidency. He stepped down in accordance with law, and th then they're trying to impeach a former president. So now they're scrambling, right? Who's going to preside? This Constitution says it's the chief justice. 
Well, no, the Chief Justice is not going to preside, nor should he preside. So who are they going to have? They're going to have a United States senator. Oh, a United States senator who's unbiased, like the Chief Justice would be? No, someone who actually has come out in favor of the conviction, <laughs> or at least who has expressed his severe... I mean, you can't make that up about Leahy. You really can't. I mean, oh. and, and, I th- yeah. and, and how do you interpret the Roberts part of that? Not to interrupt what you're saying. No. The, the, the Roberts part, uh, <clears throat> first of all, I think that needs to be formalized. That is, there needs to be a formal exchange of letters with the Chief Justice then saying, no, I'm not going to preside. It would be respectful and showing the right kind of respect for the Senate, etc. But let's, let's assume it just is where it is. The fact is, when the Senate goes into session to set as a tr- impeachment trial, when they're in that capacity, we know that something fishy is happening, doubly so. The appointed officer is not the chief justice, and the person who is presiding is biased. That in itself is yet a separate violation of the due process rights of the former uh, president. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's something that is amazing to me. And then you put on uh, the presiding, I guess, a Senate distinguished senator from Vermont who has already said he believes in conviction. Uh <laughs> You know, you can't even make this up in this day and age, even as crazy as things have gotten. Um, let me go to the second part of this, and that is that we now know from even liberal news outlets, uh, Washington Post, CNN, we're hearing from FBI, the FBI sources. We now have court documents and court filings all pointing, and, and Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez, all, even she said she'd been hearing about this unrest coming a week before. And we're discovering that there are specific groups. We're locating the states like Ohio or some and, and some other states where they've come from. Uh, we have videos of pipe bombs being planted the day before. Uh, does that not does that not take the spontaneous uh, impeachment article or argument that they're making that somehow that this was a spontaneous incitement to insurrection because of the pre- president's words, which, to recall them, or many of you will peacefully and patriotically march to the Capitol so your voices can be heard. Yes, uh, well, you're, it, it, this is very important. Facts are so important. You know, as John Adams uh, taught the Boston jury uh, after the Boston massacre, facts, you hold on to facts. And this goes back, Sean, to your point about the rush to judgment. Instead of gathering the facts in a methodical way, doing an investigation, there was this incredible rush to judgment, assuming facts, not evidence. And now it should be an embarrassment to anyone, but certainly to the 10 Republicans who supported the impeachment effort. They jumped to a conclusion, and so here you have facts coming out from the Washington Post and so forth, from the FBI sources, the New York Times, and so forth, which does suggest that then on the merits, the article should fail. There should be no trial. It should be tossed out. But if we do have a trial, then obviously on the merits, the the former president should be acquitted. Um, And just on that alone, now the question is, okay, so... And this is the danger. If you're not going to have any real investigation, I've been saying and calling for, and I think Pelosi actually echoed my call finally, 
um, because if we had six specific requests for the National Guard and we had all of this intelligence, we now know that uh, ahead of time that there was some scheming and planning for, for this to happen by the leaders. Now, did people that were at the rally get caught up in what happened? Yeah, the 1%, as I call them, not 99, not the huge crowd that was there. Um, but it was a small percentage of people, and they're all going to pay a price for doing so, as you know, um, Judge. And But then right. when you take it to the next level, if we're going to apply the insightful language and say that that is responsible for the insurrection, well, is Chuck Schumer's remarks on the steps of the Supreme Court threatening Kavanaugh and Gorsuch, you won't know what hit you, or Joe Biden threatening a president saying, I want to beat the hell out of him, uh, or Kamala Harris after the precinct, uh, police precinct is burned down in, in Minneapolis and the rioting goes on there. They're not going to stop. They shouldn't stop. And this is going to continue uh, until the election and after the election. And they shouldn't stop. And they're not going to stop. And we shouldn't stop. And we won't stop. And take note. Um, well, sounds a little insurrectiony to me. Well, it does. And by the way, I'm glad that you mentioned Senator Schumer's comments. Because the senators and the congressmen <clears throat> enjoy uh, a constitutional immunity, as you know, under the so-called speech or debate clause. They can say anything they want to in the halls of Congress in their official capacity. When Chuck Schumer went over, walked across the lawn, and starts yelling and screaming and threatening the Supreme Court of the United States, he no longer has immunity, right? He was, in fact, saying... the kinds of things that were, I thought they were just scandalous uh, at, at the time, uh, and certainly urging, it, it, it sounded to me like a threat, right? Like a physical threat to members of the court if they didn't vote the right way. So, yes, and the other kinds of inflammatory language that have been used and, and so forth. So, yeah, it's just an unmeritorious effort to and one final point that I want to make in terms of the constitutional infirmities, to go back to that, you've got both the law and the facts on the president, the former president's side. Here's the other dimension. If they proceed and say the Senate, and we have jurisdiction, and let's assume what right now is unthinkable, that they actually convict him. I believe that the Senate of the United States, it will be a day that, again, lives in infamy, because they will have passed a bill of attainder the functional equivalent of a bill of attainder, which is very simple, fancy words, legal words, it just means the legislature doesn't impose punishments on people, on private citizens. They can take action against their own members, right? But they cannot impose a punishment that's a judicial function, that's an Article II branch function, an Article III branch function. They will have passed, in effect, a bill of attainder, which is specifically prohibited by the Constitution of the United States, and which was in response to parliamentary abuses. And what we're seeing, including in the House manager's uh, submission yesterday, Sean, as you saw, they're summoning up parliamentary practice as if that's a good thing. Those practices were very questionable. Witnesses or no witnesses? Oh, I would try to get rid of the thing as quickly as possible, but I would love to get the advice of folks right there, such as Lindsey Graham, who you have frequently, because he talked about Pandora's box, and whether he was talking about confirmations or he was talking about, we have a few arrows that are on quiver. It's sort of, you know, beware of what you got. You know, this is sort of mutual assured destruction. I wish they would stop for the sake of the country 
and to heed President Biden's call for unity, as you said at the very outset. I don't. I, I, Biden's silence is deafening. Ever since he used the words, I think they're meaningless to him. Um, and you can see that with executive orders and reconciliation for his Corona relief package. But Ken Starr, as always, we appreciate your expertise. Thank you for uh, joining us today. We appreciate it. All right, as we roll along, Sean Hannity show. All right, time for a quick call here. Beth in Florida. What's up, Beth? How are you? I'm fine, Sean. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Quick question for you. Um, do you think that the um, the reason that they're doing all of this to Marjorie Taylor Greene is, uh, has anything to do with the fact that she filed impeachment uh, articles against Joe Biden? Um, you know, maybe, I don't know. Um, I, I just don't know. Um, I, I, I don't know her really knew, know nothing about her. I had to literally go and look at what it is that people were saying. And I mean, there's nutty things there. I think you would agree with that, right? Uh, we we, we do have video of the Pentagon getting hit with a plane, you know, a laser beam doesn't start wildfires in California. You know, this whole QAnon thing, I have no earthly idea what that's about at all. End of sentence. And, you know, but the left has people that are crazy, too. You know, to me, it ought to be about the people in districts. They get to decide and they're taking this major step. And what they're trying to really do is define the Republican Party. She does not define conservatism or Republican or the Republican Party. Um, I've explained what my belief in conservatism is. I think it's pretty straightforward to you. Yes. And, you know, those are the things that I think matter most that are going to impact people's lives. And again, I just see breathtaking hypocrisy because um, if, you know, the, the whole new Green Deal agenda is based on the premise, a conspiracy theory that we only have got 12 years left. OK, um, I'm willing to take that bet, Beth, that we have a little more than 12 years. But actually, at that hour, what hour only God himself knows. Right. So anyway, I appreciate it. 800-941, appreciate your call. 800-941-SHAWN, we'll continue. I'm not even sure how this happened. I mean, it's an election year. You get you get locked in, busy. Obviously, the presidential race kind of overrides a lot of other things. And there's one, uh, one new senator, freshman senator from the great state of Kansas, who has taken on D.C. And, and I'm, I'm watching from a distance and I'm saying, oh, Maybe there is hope for a few people in Washington. I'm hopeful that my instincts are right. Uh, he's also a medical doctor. His name is Dr. Roger Marshall, now a state's, uh, now the senator from the great state of Kansas. Sir, how are you? Sean, good afternoon. It's an honor to be with you today. Well, what are your first impressions of the swamp and the sewer? Wow. You know, it's just every day this temperature is rising. Uh, just amazing. President Biden talked about unity, but evidently his his examples of unity are to separate Americans from their jobs, raise our utility bills, and attack our values. Uh, so the, the swamp, unfortunately, is alive and well, and we're going to keep battling. Yeah, uh, it is what it is. Uh, it, did any of it surprise you so far? Have you had a chance to meet some of your Democratic colleagues that are now moving forward with their latest impeachment sham with a predetermined outcome? You know, Sean, maybe, you know, one surprise is I listened to the uh, fake impeachment uh, articles being read in, in the Senate floor was just the, the visceral hate that I saw in the people's eyes, the visceral hate of President Trump. And uh, it, it just absolutely is palpable. Um, you know, he, you know, Trumpitis, Trumpphobia, whatever it is, it, it is, you know, it should be a DSM-3 diagnosis. 
So I think that's what surprised me is the hatred is real. Yeah, it is real. Let me let me ask you a couple of big things. So next week, you you know, you're you're jumping right into the fire. You've got this impeachment show. We already to me, it's a predetermined outcome, considering 45 of you, you included, uh, don't believe this to be constitutional. Then one has to ask the next logical question is, what is the point? Yeah, absolutely. What is the point of an unconstitutional impeachment trial when actually it's going to drive up the temperature? What does this impeachment trial do to unite us as a country? What does it do to build jobs? What is this doing to get vaccines in people's arms? It's driving us further apart. Uh, this is a great opportunity for President Biden to show his leadership. And, and unfortunately, he's just turning the temperature up. Yeah, it's happening there. Now, as a doctor, you've been also watching the COVID vaccine rollout. It's been a disaster in a lot of states like New York. I'm sure you've, you saw the recent news, the underreported deaths in New York in nursing homes, uh, underreporting by as much as 50 percent there. Uh, you see, you know, I, I can't believe we politicized medicine to the point where medical doctors can't even discuss uh some type of therapeutic options that that are showing promise. If you mentioned the word going back a while ago, hydroxychloroquine, you're almost, you know, <laughs> you know, it's it's sort of like being a, admitting you're a Trump supporter. Have are you or have you ever been a Trump supporter? Uh, meanwhile, we've had a bunch of studies now come out confirming that used early, yeah, hydroxychloroquine works, um, but yet that that discussion was shut down. We now live in this woke environment, cancel culture, um, draconian shutdowns that are devastating people's lives. It's brutal. Yeah, you're right, Sean. And certainly I remember discussing hydroxychloroquine way back in March and April. I was reaching out to doctors on the front line, people involved with studies, and most of them showing promising results. And, and guess what? Here we are a year later, and now since we have a new president, it's okay to talk about it and report those results. We've been censored, like many folks have, whenever we would even present some of the CDC studies uh, showing the comorbidities, uh, people that are dying from the, from the virus as well. So it's been frustrating, but I, I just got to stop and brag on what Warp Speed did. Uh, when we sat down with Vice President Pence back in, back in November, the Doc Caucus, a group of us doctors here in Congress, he talked that we could get 40 million vaccinations out by the end of January. We hit that a couple a couple weeks ago. Some states really struggling getting the vaccines out and other people starting to make hay as well. So uh, I was in four different institutions in, in the Kansas City metro area. By the way, go Chiefs. Uh, I was in there, there last week and they're doing an amazing job. Just people on the ground, that everyday nurse that's volunteering, putting vaccines in arms. It's great to do something positive and we're just so excited to be out there seeing our hard work come to fruition. Uh, I could certainly understand Mahomes is some quarterback, isn't he? I mean, if you talk about a, 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 I mean, you could see there's these elite quarterbacks. There's some people that just stand out, and he's right there with the greats of all time. And then he's going up against one of the greatest of all time, Tom Brady. You, uh, so I'm just assuming you're picking the Chiefs. Absolutely. Officially, it's 31 to 24 is the wager I'm making with uh, Senator Rubio from Florida. But you're right. Mahomes has the arm strength of John Elway. But he Seriously. has the athleticism of, of an Aussie Smith, you know, at that shortstop. So all yeah. in this one body, an amazing athlete. Then he's got the mind of Joe Montana. He seems like he's just always a step of everybody. He's been a joy to watch and the greatest mental relief I've had over the past year. You know, that's and I've not been the biggest fan of football this year, like a lot of other people, for a lot of different reasons. What do you make of Biden now going to use reconciliation to pass this $1.9 trillion 
relief package, as they call it. All the use of executive orders more than three or four times now of the la- combined the, the last three presidents before him combined more than them. Uh, he once said in his own words, I can, I'm not a dictator. You know, I've got to get the votes. Uh, well, apparently, by his own definition, he's calling himself bad names. Exactly. So he's doing the opposite of unity. If you were, uh, you know, t- talking Machiavellian, you would tell Joe Biden to come in here, commit all of his crimes in the first week. And by golly, he did it. He's done over 42 executive orders, twice as many as President Trump or President Obama did at this point in time. And that divides us. You know, again, it, take, it kills jobs. It drives up the cost of gasoline at our pumps. He's attacking our values uh, in this COVID relief package. There was no, nego- no negotiation. He never reached out to Democrats or Republicans. He said, here it is. And the consequences of this COVID relief package, which he wants to do through reconciliation with no input from Republicans, it's a blue state bailout. It's dollars for illegal aliens. And what we need to keep an eye on is, Sean, we just pumped, we just printed $4 trillion, borrowed money from our grandchildren. Let's throw another $2 trillion in there and see what happens to inflation and our national debt, right? So there's a lot of red flags going on here. Joe Biden is doing the Listen, opposite. Listen, I'm, I'm unfortunately, my job keeps me in New York. And I can tell you when Donald Trump put his tax plan in effect and took away the state income tax deduction, uh, I ended up paying a lot more in taxes. And what I said at the time, and I stand by now, is, well, I shouldn't have had the tax break in the first place because all of the states, like your state, great state of Kansas, that elect responsible politicians that balance their budgets and fund their their pensions, they shouldn't be on the hook for for liberals being elected in all these states that spend recklessly and run huge deficits and don't fund their pensions but, you know, I would you're right. There's going to be a big blue state bailout. New York doesn't deserve it. They don't deserve the people of Kansas's money. And even though I have living here, quote, I would be the beneficiary. But it's not right. Yeah, you're right, John. We need to be much more targeted with whatever relief we, we get. There are still people hurting out there, and I want to help those folks. But the state of California, record state income this past year. So, uh, you know, actually across the nation, state revenue was pretty flat. Amazingly, uh, we have just we we had built this incredible economy, much more resilient than we thought. We have unemployment down to around four percent in Kansas. We're coming back. We're coming back strong. And the last thing we need to do is go print another two trillion dollars. Uh, instead, if we had to do anything, let's talk about infrastructure. Something something that's long lasting. We want to help out the people that need it most, but we don't need a blue state bailout. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't have gotten rid of all of those high paying career jobs in the energy sector. <sighs> Let me go back to your medical pro- professionalism for a second here. Look, I, I've told my audience, I mean, when my number gets called, whenever that is, I don't think it's going to be anytime soon to get the vaccine. Um, I'm, I'm going to get it. And half my friends think I'm nuts. And the other half agree with me. And, you know, when I read some of these stories, it does make you a little skittish. I will say that people now are writing Hannity's an anti-vaxxer. No, I'm not. I'm going to get it just like I get a flu shot every year. Right, right. So, Sean, I've received the vaccine. My parents got their first shot. I followed this very closely. Again, the Doc Caucus has followed to make sure that there was no skip steps in the development of this drug. Uh, they were able to do multiple steps at the same time, record time, something that takes seven years. President Trump got, got accomplished 
seven months. Uh, I think it, it is very safe, but I want to just emphasize in the, the sanctity of the doctor-patient relationship. This is, if you have concerns, this is a discussion you and your doctor, you and your pharmacist can have. And I, I think that, uh, you know, if you're under the age of 18, uh, these vaccines have not been approved. But one of them has been approved for 16 and over. I know the people on the left will fact-check me there. Um, but really, if you're over the age of, of 50, you, you need to get this vaccine. If you have some type of underlying health condition, you need to get the vaccine. But if you're not sure, ask your doctor. Um, I, I would highly recommend it for for most people though yeah i mean like i could look my producer every time i bring it up you're crazy you shouldn't take it and all this but that's you know everyone has different views on it i'm not going to tell anybody whether they should take it or not all right doctor and now senator uh roger marshall from kansas thank you for being with us we appreciate you joining us you bet sean everybody have a great day and go chiefs uh it's going to be hopefully a good game that's what i'm hoping for good game you have two great quarterbacks there's a great storyline there and i just got to figure out what i'm going to be cooking on sunday what are you cook? What What are you going to be cooking, Linda? Me, I'm going to make spinach dip. Spinach dip. Yeah, you know, you take the bread bowl and you like scoop it out. You make the spinach. You put it inside. Okay. Do you think your son wants spinach dip or chicken wings or chicken fingers, mac and cheese, pizza? First of all, everybody knows the only thing a five year old eats are fries and chicken nuggets. That's it. That's it. There you go. So you, you're going to give him normal food, right? You're not going to give him spinach dip. If I can sneak spinach into a dip that tastes delicious and he doesn't know he's having a vegetable, <laughs> by all means, I promise you, I will be doing that I don't know why. Linda eats all these foods. They're either a, a disgusting look, looking puke green or puke orange. I mean, it's, First of it's, all, it's, I had avocado kidding. today. That's green, but it's not gross. Okay. The way you mix it all together it, and the soups you drink are either it's it's literally puke green or those shakes you get are puke green or the disgusting puke orange. That's all I see. Well, you unlike you, I don't want to get to the woods all too Squash quickly. Squash so. and, and kale. I'm not looking forward to going to the woods, but I'm saying when the time comes, I'm going. Well, it's going to be a long time before I get there, so I'm going to keep oh, eating okay. all the gross so, stuff. Why, and you think it's because you everything you drink is disgusting looking puke colors? Yes, so the colors I do, don't actually. have anything to do with this. What? What? All right, then why are you feeding your kid French fries and and chicken nuggets? Because he's five. It doesn't matter yet. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It does so because <laughs> he's developing taste for the rest of his life. I still crave a he quarter eats, pounder with cheese, he, fry, and coke. He eats broccoli. He eats spinach. <laughs> he eats broccoli. He, I'm sure he loves it. He likes pesto. I like pesto. I can make but some, like for a there's one green, disgusting-looking thing that I can eat. Yeah, with the Anyways. right amount of olive oil in it. The, I, I make my know. own. I know how to make my own. How do you, you like know that? how to make your own pesto? I do. Okay. You get basil fresh from the garden or at your local grocery store. You grind it up. Yeah, it's not. And That's actually a nice. lesser-known fact about you that the audience probably doesn't know is how good, a good of a gardener cook. you are. No, I usually I don't garden, but I have gardened, and I like gardening. Actually, I don't care. But if you're good at it. I was very good at it, and I did it when I didn't have money, and I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, your sister but, always tells me that. But I fig- But then I was like, why are we busting our you-know-what when I can go down the block and I can get 12 years of corn for two bucks? Why am I wasting yeah, my time fun. growing corn? It's fun to make it yourself and grow things yourself. It, I like it. There is something about I mean, we did I, We did everything in that thing. And yeah. I, I did, didn't you and, tell me you I'm did tomatoes? I'm also a better cook. Tomatoes were your thing, tomatoes. right? All different type of tomatoes, cucumbers, bell peppers, uh, yeah, basil, even watermelons. I, I grew watermelon. That's and kind of corn. unique. Corn popped up in rows. All right, 90 seconds. We got time for a quick call. Daniel, Michigan. What's up, Daniel? How are you, sir? Good. Hey, Sean. How you doing? I'm good. Um, What's happening? Okay, Sean. Um, 
and of course I'm from the Midwest, Michigan, as you know, but here's what I'm one of the 75 million Trump voters. And here's what we see and know. We don't, I don't care what's going on in DC. We know, you know, we don't care what the Democrats say, the Democratic media, the rhinos. We know that in 2016, Hillary Clinton with her email scandal was the criminal, but they flipped the script on us and they called Trump and Giuliani the criminals. And who, and who, and who were with the truth? What was the truth? It wasn't them, it was Trump and Giuliani. And now, in 2020, Trump and Giuliani, truthful people that we, we know, they found overwhelming evidence of affidavit and circumstantial and mathematical election fraud. And, and, and once again, they flipped the switch, switch or flipped the script with the Capitol deal in the impeachment. And they're calling Trump and Giuliani the criminals again, just like they were back in 2016. Well. Let me just add this, because I want to answer your, your, your points here. For me, uh, you know, no one, there are a lot of things said by, by people, and as always, I don't go with the crowd. We do our own investigative work, and we have to confirm things for ourselves. And what I focused on and what I thought the, the best case, what bothers me is partisan observers didn't observe in every state. That's part of the statutory language. What bothered me was the consent agreement with the Georgia Secretary of State to two separate signature verification standards. What bothered me is the Pennsylvania Constitution clearly states uh, only very limited early voting under very specific guidelines, and that was usurped by the legislature. Shouldn't happen. Then you can go to states like Wisconsin, where you had the 4-3 state Supreme Court decision, and I focused on that because they don't allow early mail-in voting in the state. And so, you know, everybody made their own points, but th this is the outcome. We'll continue. Stay right here for our final news roundup and information overload. In the final hour of the Sean Hannity Show. News roundup and information overload hour. How I hear it, the, the tones, the distinct sound that is all things Leonard Skinnerd which is an indication all things Bill O'Reilly are about to happen, BillOReilly.com. Mr. O'Reilly, sir, uh, glad you're with us. How are you this week? Uh, I'm shoveling snow, Hannity. You know, I know you have people. You're, 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 you're lying through your teeth. Why, you're a simple man. Why are you lying to my audience? You did not shovel not snow. Or... I had to shovel the snow to get the terror dog out. <laughs> I mean. Oh, true. you mean I so you like you. you basically shoveled the little path that took you three minutes. And then and some, no, no, then you had no. your son I do the rest of it. Out. So you just took basically four shovels full of snow. That's all you did. Now, no, so, no. All right, all right. I don't I even want to talk. To... Let me ask you this. So, speaking of the environment, global warming. Uh, John yeah. Kerry, we went over his private jet use, and and he's got a thousand times more carbon emissions in a year than most Americans. We simple people, if you will. And anyway, so. The new climate czar, John Kerry, took his private jet to Iceland in 2019, where he received the Arctic Circle Award for Climate Leadership. Uh, now is defending his high pollution carbon emitting ride, saying that the only choice for someone like me who's traveling the world to win this battle, uh, it's the only choice available. Oh, is this, I'm like, oh, okay, only you're that important, John Kerry, that you would even say something that's stupid. On that issue, pollution, I understand that you came here with a private jet. Uh, is that the, an environmental way to travel? If you offset your carbon, it's the only choice for somebody like me 
who is traveling the world to win this battle. Uh, I negotiated the Paris Accords uh, for the United States. I've been involved in this fight for years. I negotiated with President Xi to bring President Xi to the table so we could get Paris. And uh, I believe the time it takes me to get somewhere. I can't sail across the ocean. I have to fly to meet with people and get things done. But what I'm doing almost full time is working to win the battle of climate change. And in the end, uh, if I offset and contribute my life to do this, uh, I'm not going to be put on the defensive. Oh, his work is more important than yours, Mr. O'Reilly, and more important than pretty much everyone else in the world. He's the most important person working on behalf of the the environment. Well, number one, I flew to Reykjavik, Iceland, on Icelandic air. I could have flown on a private jet, but I did. Number two, the folks in Iceland, they're actually rooting for global warming. They would like it. It's cold there. Number three, Godzilla has a smaller carbon footprint than John Kerry, okay? So this is like Al Gore. You remember when Al Gore got onto all of this? And then Al Gore's mansion is air conditioning everywhere. He's got the private jet. It's, it's the same old thing. So I don't mind these guys flying around in private jets, but they're there is a bit of hypocrisy here. He doesn't have to do that. He can fly like regular people fly on airlines. You know, listen, I, I just find all of the hypocrisy in a stereo. For example, I mean, you see it with the whole impeachment and ins- insurrection language. Well, Bill, not only is it unconstitutional, not only do they not have jurisdiction because you can't remove somebody that's not in office from office, putting that aside, which is why John Roberts is not presiding. We have the honorable senator uh, completely biased, already has decided to convict Donald Trump presiding over this this shift show. Um, uh, you, You look at that standard, then the whole double standard about the incitement issue when, in fact, even the fake news media is now acknowledging and the FBI and court documents confirming that, in fact, they believe a lot of this was planned ahead of time. And even Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez has confirmed that herself that, yes, it seems like she knew a week before the riots uh, began. A week before, one week before, the week prior to the insurrection, I started to get text messages that I needed to be careful. And that in particular, I needed to be careful about the sixth. And those text messages came from other members of Congress. Um, not They were not threats, but they were other members saying that they knew. Which now raises the question, who knew what when? Does anybody in the country take this impeachment seriously? Is there anybody who does? I don't know one person. I know a lot of liberal people. Nobody's talking about it. Everybody knows it's a farce and he's going to be acquitted. I, I suggest that President Trump uh, print T-shirts go that say, want to try it again? <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. Now we've lost a political weapon that throughout history was something of importance. It no longer will be. Everybody could be impeached, and Americans know that this is just another in a long line of farcical political maneuvers, and that's exactly what it is.
you know, it, it is just one thing after another. Now, you know, I, I didn't even know who this Marjorie Taylor Greene is. Okay, does that mean that when Republicans get control of the House that they're going to remove Maxine Waters? I'm going to take Trump out tonight uh, from her committee assignments. Are they going to remove, right. let's see, Omar well, and 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 others for their crazy conspiracy theories and uh, virulent anti-Semitism? And AOC says the planet is going to end in 12 years, Bill. Did you know that? It's over in 12 years. Why are we bothering to fix it then? So, look, there are loons uh, all over the place in politics and the House of Representatives. Again, I, I don't know this woman in Georgia from Georgia. I don't. Bill, nobody anybody. knows who she is. Nobody yeah, and does. Don't people and she's not dictating policy of the Republican caucus either, like some of these squad members are. They seem to basically have driven the entire agenda. They're, they're as crazy as the squad. Are you, are you kidding me? I mean, these are communists. They want to seize private property. So, you know, again, it all comes down to the media. The media seizes upon uh, Congresswoman Taylor to drive a narrative that, oh, look at her. But they're all like that. That's what they want to say. I want everybody to believe. You know, I, I just find the whole thing fascinating. But there is this great distinction so we're going to go through, drag the country through this this new impeachment shift show. And I don't really see a whole lot of, uh, let's say, unity amongst anybody, because now Joe is going to use the reconciliation process to ram his one point nine trillion dollar, you know, b- budget deal through and relief package through. They're not going to have any Republicans going for that. Um, there were 10 Republicans that met with him, obviously, for nothing. Joe's not stopping the impeachment charade when we know the outcome. Um, I, I also see that every single move the Democrats are making is towards radicalism. They now have a commission to study court packing. So I, I, I guess this is Joe's America, or is it Joe? Is it just the Bernie Sanders, AOC, Kamala Harris America? I think President Biden's in trouble already. I wrote I a message too. of the day on BillOReilly.com, and I know you, first thing when you get up, read that message mm-hmm. for enlightenment. I know you do that. But I wrote a message of the day today and said he, in his first two weeks, has conducted himself in a manner that's so radical, and I use that word literally, radical, he can't come back from this. So now he's branded, he morphed into Bernie Sanders, and apparently he's fine with it. Now, there's a Super Bowl interview with Nora O'Donnell on Sunday. You remember I did a number of those Super Bowl interviews. They were the hardest interviews. You're you're bragging all the time today. What has gotten into you today? Go ahead. I did last year's, but who's who's counting? Go ahead. different today than I am on any day. But the point I was trying to make before you rudely interrupted, so yeah, nicely complimented me, was that (laughs) Nora O'Donnell has a big opportunity here to ask the same question you just asked me. They said, "Well, you know, it's it's now two and a half weeks, Mr. President. Do you think you may have gone overboard to the left?" That would be my opening question. I don't think Miss O'Donnell will ask it because. She doesn't think he's gone overboard on the left. That's not even going to occur to CBS News. But in my world, in the world of the regular folks where I live, 
who shovel our own driveways. Everybody knows that Joe Biden has gone into a zone where you really can't come back from. And he's defined himself that way. And the two dangers are the economy will go down and we'll have rampant chaos on the southern border. And if that happens, if both of those things happen, Republicans will win back both houses two years from now. I think there's even worse consequences. You see how the posturing, you know, the idea that we're giving up energy independence and wiping out tens of thousands of jobs, high paying career jobs with a stroke of a pen. Well, you know, Putin is doing backflips and President Xi's doing backflips and the mullahs in Iran are doing uh, backflips and Middle and Eastern countries that hate us are doing backflips because they're now going to get rich again. You know, I'm a, I'm a simple man, Hannity, and you've made a campaign on telling the world that. So I have another simple question. Mm-hmm. So you may have noticed that General Motors announced that in 10 years, not going to make any more gas-propelled vehicles, right? They're all going to be electric vehicles. Okay, I don't, I don't mind that. But my question is, who's going to provide the electricity for all the cars? Oh, we have like a windmill where the gas stations are. Who's going to do that? No, they're just going to throw it on the rolling blackout grid in California, Bill. Well, you ought to be able to I figure mean, that out. If you wipe out the fossil fuel industry, that includes electricity. Just and you can't use nuclear either. They don't support that. For example, all of those skilled workers who are in the coal industry and, and, and transferring those skills to what we need to do in terms of dealing with reclaiming abandoned um, uh, landmines, what we need to do around plugging leaks from oil and gas wells and, and transferring those important skills to the work that has yet to be done that needs to get done. The president of the United States has expressed in every comment he has made about uh, climate the need to uh, grow the new jobs that pay better, that are cleaner. What President Biden wants to do is make sure those folks have better choices, that they have alternatives, that they can be the people who go to work to make the solar panels. They were making them here at home. That is going to be a particular focus of the uh, Build Back Better agenda. So for those workers, the answer is somebody else will get a job? The answer is that we are very eager to see those workers continue to be employed in good-paying union jobs, even if they might be different ones. I'm just curious how a long-term ban consistent with the president's goal of unifying our country and putting Americans back to work and helping our economies um, grow, uh, how is that all consistent? I think the president's plan of building back better, which would create more jobs in energy, clean energy, uh, than the jobs that might be sacrificed. It, 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 it's all going to come crumbling down upon us and reality is going to hit. And the sad thing is, is that people are getting hurt now. All right, quick break. More with Bill O'Reilly. All things O'Reilly. BillOReilly.com. All right, as we continue with the simple man himself, Bill O'Reilly, all things Bill O'Reilly on BillOReilly.com. You talk about the folks, Bill. There's, there's, there's no more, there's no better illustration of the folks than those guys that work on the pipeline, highly skilled, very, very task-specific skills 
that you're not going to be able to translate to some other, quote, green new energy fantasy of AOC, the squad, Bernie and Biden. And 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 I think that just is the perfect example. Now, also, a lot of these top cabinet officials, they're even acknowledging, Bill, that they're going to raise taxes on everybody. Well, of that's course. not what they ran on. Of course. Um, I, I, I like John Kerry's answer when they question was, okay, so um, how are you going to get jobs for all the people who are laid off uh, for the pipeline? And, you know, the ancillary things to that, too, you know, a lot of people are not going to have income. And I think Kerry said, well, they should retrain themselves to be airline pilots, and I'll hire them to fly my private jet. Did he say something like that? Did you hear that? All right, Bill O'Reilly, unfortunately, we're just going to be out of time here. Um, All things Bill O'Reilly, BillOReilly.com, sir. It's always a pleasure, and we'll talk soon. All right. right, 800. I will. 800-941-SEAN is our number. Quick break right back. Your call's on the other side. Straight ahead. 25 to the top of the hour. All right, straight to our busy phones. 800-941-SEAN. Ryan, Utah. What's up, Ryan? How are you? Sean, great talking with you, man. Hey, I've got some friends in Denver, Colorado, and I was there a couple weeks ago, and I was talking to them, and I, I, I kind of made a jab about Joe Biden's dementia, and uh, they're liberal. And she says, wait, 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 you think he has dementia? I'm like, yeah, early onset, of course. I mean, have you seen him? And she goes, no, Ryan, Ryan, he's got a speech impediment. And her and her husband were, like, digging in. Like, he's got a speech impediment. That's why he's got these problems. It was very interesting. I don't have a lot of liberal friends out here. I don't talk politics with them. But talking to these guys, I'm like, that's what they believe. They literally don't They don't think that he has any kind of onset dementia. It's like, no, he's got a speech impediment. Well, I'm, listen, I'm not going to go it. as far as you. I'm not a doctor, and, and that would be a medical um, diagnosis, okay? And we, I'm not going to make medical diagnosis of anybody. Here's what I can tell people to do. And then they can decide for themselves because – the mob, the media, it's so funny. I mean, they all think that, oh, I just came out of, after since Biden is inaugurated, Hannity starts saying he's weak, frail, and cognitively struggling. No, i actually been saying it a lot before the campaign, but I guess they're just noticing. Or they're, they're now greatly offended that I just say it, but everybody I know, here's the test. Okay, pull some tape of Joe Biden 10 years ago speaking and then compare it to today. Look at Joe Biden and, and how he he moved and walked around 10 years ago, his energy level, et cetera, his, his uh, mental acuity and compare it to today. I'm not making any medical diagnosis. I'm not I'm not a proper authority. And, and I stand by my statement that compared to four years ago, 10 years ago, he looks weak to me. He looks frail. And it's obvious he's struggling cognitively. Um, look, I guess, you know, you could say it's just forgetfulness. I'm not going to make a medical diagnosis, as I said, but are people in denial about it? Not anybody that I know. People ask me about it, Democrats, Republicans all the time. And I know Democrats that wanted Joe Biden to win. They confidentially tell me yeah, every time he opens his mouth, I'm like, oh, oh, don't put your foot in it again, Joe. You know, the, it, you know, we hold these truths to be self-evident. All men, women created equal, endowed by their, the thing, the thing. It's like everybody's, they're on pins and needles, afraid what's next. Look at this week. He, he said twice, we're going to take, oh, we're going to increase the number of, uh, of vaccines available to America by 400 to 600 million. And, 
And we're going to guarantee by the summer that 300 Americans are going to get the vaccine. We expect these additional 200 million doses to be delivered this summer. And some of it will come as early, began to come in early summer, but by the mid, by the mid-summer that this vaccine will be there. And the order, and, and, and that increases the total vaccine order in the United States by 50%, from 400 million order to 600 million. This is enough vaccine to fully vaccinate 300 Americans by end of the summer, the beginning of the, of the fall. But we want to make, look, that's, I want to repeat, it'll be enough to fully vaccinate 300 Americans to beat this pandemic. Donald Trump thinks health care is a privilege. Barack and I think it's a right for people to have bad health care. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the goal, you know the, you know the thing. Okay, maybe he just misspoke once. In the same speech, he said it again. Same 300 Americans. I could say that like, OK, what are you talking about? Hundreds of millions of vaccines. And I just I, uh, I, just I don't think it's interesting that they, they can justify by saying, no, no, it's a speech impediment. And like and that is to hear the justifications from the left and how they can spin it is fascinating. They are so good at it. And they're they're in it like they're like they believe it. It's like, no, he's he's not. He's not on the decline. He just has a speech impediment. How dare you make fun of him? You know, it's like, holy crap. Listen, that's if, good. if that's, that's how good. people feel, I, I urge them to take the Biden four-year, 10-year exam. You know, yep. thank goodness you can go to places like Rumble, which is an alternative to YouTube, uh, or YouTube if you prefer. And you can go there and you can look at videos of Biden in the past and make the determination yourself. Is it does he look weaker, more frail? And do you think he's as sharp in his mental acuity as he was back a, a number of years ago? And then I'm not listen. You don't have to agree with me. I'm just telling you what I see. I think you got to go back 40 years to find out if he was even in it. He was keeping like this for years. <laughs> anyway, well, I mean, now, if in years. fact that this is worse than we're being told, that would be a fraud on the American people, wouldn't it? So, you know, Absolutely. story to keep our eyes on. You know, now I'm watching the radical agenda that he's pushing through. Um, but anyway, thanks so much. Appreciate it, Ryan. Let's go to Julia Maryland next. Sean Hannity show. What's going on, Julia? Uh, hi, Sean. Thank you so much for having me. I wanted to just chime in a little bit on the ongoing um, immigration debate that just seems to uh, pop up uh, every time the Democrats start talking. And I want to make a differentiation. I think a lot of people are afraid, at least it's been my experience, to talk about um, whether immigrants, what are deemed immigrants, are able to come into this country or should be able to come into this country and having an equivalent um, set of requirements for people who come legally or illegally. Uh, for example, um, I'm a 100 percent Trump supporter. There is no bigger Trump supporter than me. I um, support everything the president has and will do, especially, especially building the wall. That was something that is so crucial to our country. I can't believe that he actually got it done the way he did, and I applaud him. But I'm also an immigrant. I came as a refugee in the from the Soviet Union, and uh, even though a lot of my friends know me as a huge Trump supporter, they've been 
kind of tiptoeing around the immigration issue with me. And I've said to them, why are you tiptoeing around the immigration issue when you know I'm such a huge Trump supporter? And they said, well, you know, you're an immigrant. And I said, yes, I'm an immigrant. I came as a refugee. And you know what my family did was we emigrated from the Soviet Union with an E. That means that when you emigrate from a place, you are leaving something so bad that you will go anywhere. We didn't have to come to America. We asked to come to America, and America let us in. But a lot of people went to um, Australia, Canada, what other, whatever countries would take them in. The Soviet refugees, especially from the Ukraine where I'm from, it, the life was so bad. Uh, my parents are Holocaust survivors. We would have gone anywhere. It just so happens America took us in. So when you see all these caravans thinking these people are entitled to come to this country because they're refugees, they're not. They're not emigrating. They are trying to bust into this country with an entitlement attitude. If things were so bad where they're coming from, they'd be going to Argentina. They'd be going to Chile. They'd be going to Mexico. But no, they have to have to come to America because they think they deserve it. And there's a difference. And so people who are conservative, people who are President Trump supporters, please do not be afraid to talk to the immigrant issue. Don't try and whisper around it with Listen, immigrants I, I, like me. Julia, I'm glad you got here. There's simple things for me. I think we ought to have merit based immigration, period. I think we ought to have we we ought to be able to check one's background for any radical associations that that's for the safety and security of of the American people. Next thing in the day and age of covid, uh, I think we've learned a thing or two. This uh, medical background check needs to be standard operating procedure in my mind uh, to make sure that you're not bringing anything into the country that could hurt impact or negatively impact a, a, an American when you get here. You got to have a job. You've got to be self-sufficient. Um, and if not, then, you know, the American people can't be expected to pay for your kids' educations and food on your table and, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and most, the, most countries recognize this. Uh, Australia, New Zealand, et cetera. It's very hard to get into these countries. And I just think if we do it, it's for the betterment of America and for the people that do get to come in. We, you know, we I don't care where you come from. Open arms. We're glad you're here. And, you know, get to work. Welcome to America. We work here. We we believe in freedom. You're now free to pursue no one, your God-given no gifts. One no one is entitled to come here. We could have been refused, and we would have said, thank you for letting us try. We'll go somewhere else because we're fleeing somewhere terrible. We're not coming to America. We're escaping a terrible place. And that's the difference. These people are not escaping a terrible place. Send them to. Well, some Portland of them are. I mean, let's you. be blunt here. Some I of wouldn't. Them are, but they some don't, of them but are, they're not are, entitled to come here. But they're not they, entitled. We they can't can take ask. in not, the world's population. We can't take in the world's population. That's for sure. Um, Julia, thank you. Susan, California, the United Socialist Republic. How are you? Hi, Sean. Hey, I'm just perplexed. You know, when Trump was in office, the Democrats did absolutely everything to stop his nominees getting out of out of committee, to getting their um, his cabinet offers getting a vote. He did. They did everything. They sued him on absolutely everything. Where are the Republicans? Short of the Texas lieutenant governor or whatever suing, where are they? He's he's done 47 executive orders, and they're not 
suing. They're not complaining. They're letting his cabinet picks just go right on through. Well, I'm I can so answer confused. some of this um, for you, and because I have my own sources in life and my own my own people, my own researchers, and I can tell you that in fact. Uh, there are a number of suits that will be filed on a lot of these. Now, you're right on the Texas lawsuit, and they did get an injunction that stopped one of Biden's executive orders there, but he signed three more yesterday on immigration. So are they ready and organized? No, I I didn't think the Republican Party was ready and organized either uh, with enough poll watchers, observers, and lawyers in place for the election in places where historically they need to be. I mean, you got to face certain truths and reality. I don't think people were trained properly enough. Um, hopefully lessons will be learned the hard way. But yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you. Why aren't, but we'll see some of it, maybe not as much as we should be seeing. You're probably right in that observation, but I do know of organizations that are emerging that will be doing the very thing you're asking for. I, I pray to God because the, the Democrats did everything to, to ruin Trump and to, to get his agenda not through. And it just seems like Mitch McConnell and everybody's like, oh, we're going to work with them. It just is like it's just astounding. And I'm one of the people who voted for Trump. And I think Trump rocked and I think he won the election fair and square and he won it by a landslide. And I'm just so disheartened. And especially living in California, I it's just people. It's just I know that everything's being exposed and that it has to be exposed, but it's just, I just am so disheartened in the Republican Party because Listen, they're not well, fighting. There's a lot of people who feel this way, but at the end of the day, I'm, how do I say this? I say this sometimes to my kids, and it's maybe sometimes it comes off as heartless. It's not, you know, <laughs> it's like the road less traveled. It's a great book for, for about a spiritual journey, right? The book starts out, it's written by a guy, I think a psychiatrist, psychologist, uh, M. Scott Peck. And it says, life is difficult. First line in the book. And once you recognize that, he goes on to argue, life just got easier because it's a bit of a paradox embracing that truth that life is difficult. Life is difficult. We, there, everybody is going to face challenges. This, this knocks down any socioeconomic barriers uh, that, that exist in life. Money cannot buy you happiness. Uh, as an example, it's a cliche, but it's 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 accurate. And so once you realize that it's going to take some work. Yeah, sometimes, you know, I, all the media people attacking me um, as often as they do. And, and what's Hannity going to do now? Um, what I always do, the cause, the fight for liberty and the arena of ideas. I guess you have to say that if you say fight these days. Um, yeah, I'm going to continue to fight for the principles that make us great. Liberty, freedom, um, the security that comes with that. The, the battle, you know, freedom is but one generation away from extinction. And if we think we can just feel bad, sorry for ourselves, it's not going to work. I started my radio career when Ronald Reagan was president. Then it was Bush 41. And then it was Clinton for eight years. Then it was... George W. Bush for eight years, and then it was Obama for eight years. That's a lot of eight-year terms. And Trump for four. I mean, the idea that an election law should set us back, it shouldn't. It's okay to not be engaged for a little bit, but if you disengage, you're going to continue to lose, and it's going to be even worse than you imagine. So you got to stay engaged. you got to stay in the fight. 
And we can't always be looking backwards. You got to look forward and get over what we didn't like and try and fix the things we can fix. That's going to wrap things up for today. Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern, Fox News Channel. Oh, by the way, Rand Paul, big fight today. We'll get into that. Uh, The latest, Mark Levin will join us. The great one, Senator John Kennedy returns. Uh, Congressman Andy Biggs, Ronnie Jackson, much more. We hope, as always, we'll set you DVR, never miss an episode. Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern. We'll see you then. Thank you for being with us back here tomorrow.